It's so hard to forget pain, but it's even harder to remember sweetness. We have no scar to show for happiness. We learn so little from peace. Chuck Palahniuk Disclaimer This episode is unlike the others. This episode is about pain, about struggle, and about the unwillingness of a man to suffer, yet he has no choice to. This episode is about what a mess I am that I have become or always been. If it gets too real or sad or whatever, please feel free to pause. But don't worry, I'll try my best so you don't feel the true seriousness of it all. I tried to make it somewhat funny or if not funny, at least somewhat detached and I hope that works out. Without further ado... Hello everybody, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, good whatever time of the day you are listening to this and welcome to another episode of Volata Times with Daniel. And we all know these are Volata Times, okay? Everybody is tired, everybody is pained, everybody is suffering one thing or the other, you know. But last week... See, see that transition it never works well anyway the last episode um we looked at the idea of being remembered when we die you know not necessarily how you can be remembered when you die but more so if anyone actually has ever truly achieved the idea or the concept of being remembered after they die and also for how long was that state of existence maintained now if it seems like an obvious answer to you like yes of course there have been people it means you didn't listen to the episode right so immediately after you listen to this one go and listen to that other one it is called no one is truly remembered okay so go and listen to it if you haven't listened to it but make sure you do that after this one in fact it will be an uplifter (laughs) after this one Let's not forget to subscribe if you are still not subscribed to the podcast and if you are not following on social media on Twitter, which is at Daniel Briggs and on Instagram, which is at Volatile with Daniel, you are in the wrong. So subscribe, follow and share. Yeah. Okay. With all of that said, let's get into this. And also don't forget there are going to be timestamps to read each major section of this episode begins so without further ado let's do further if pain must come may it come quickly because i have a life to live and i need to live it in the best way possible if he has to make a choice may he make it now then i will either wait for him or forget him Words by Paolo Coelho. So, where do I begin with it all? To be honest, things have been going on somewhat horribly for a while. 
not in the sense that everything has been a total disaster but you know more so that the disaster seemed to dwell more upon one's mind for those who have been listening to the podcast for a while one thing has been clear this year the level of inconsistency has been jarring if anything has been very consistent with the podcast so far it's that the pod itself has been inconsistent the reason for all of that lies simply with the reality that i have lost my grip on reality and for a while (laughs) i have not had the strength to contend with the woes of life and the sufferings of joy honestly i have not had more happen to me this year than it has in previous years but there's something about the recent months that has had my soul in a goddamn chokehold one thing is for sure i am tired (laughs) and i don't just mean physically you know well yes i do feel more tired these days my physical state is the least of my problems i am tired emotionally mentally and unfortunately spiritually Honestly, for the past three years, or let me be generous and say for the past two years, I have been switching between the state of manic joy, crushing depression, and exquisite apathy. I have lost interest in most of what has made up my life, and in turn, I've also gained new interests. Not all of them good. It's been difficult to be loving, caring, generous, and good in whatever capacity I can be. It's been difficult to do all those things because I am unable to genuinely favor my own self. So, you know. They say you cannot give what you don't have, uh, but yet <laughs> I have been doing just that for the past couple of months or years. I have been the strength, I have been the wisdom, the direction, and the supply for those who I have been privileged to take up such roles in their life while lacking such in mine well not that i have lacked them in total but that i have only had them sparingly i remember multiple times over this year alone i would be asked how are you and sometimes i genuinely would reply with i'm tired most times when i say that people react like they understood even though by way of further conversation, you figure out that they didn't. Some will tell me to simply get some rest and all will be fine. You know, just a good night's sleep will do wonders, they said. Well, I have slept. If anything, I slept a lot. Probably way too much even and not in a good way. Pain is a pesky part of being human. I've learned it feels like a stab wound to the heart. Something I wish we could all do without in our lives. Pain is a certain hurt that can't be escaped. Words by C. Joybell C. If there's one thing I came to realize as the year went on is how much I desire not to be strong. To never have been the strong one even. 
Maybe if I wasn't strong enough, or maybe if I wasn't strong at all, I could have asked for help when it all started going downhill. Maybe if I wasn't strong, I wouldn't have been encouraged to continue being that, the strong one, so that others could maintain their strength. Many times I've heard, You'll be fine. It's you, Mr. Daniel. You'll be alright. I trust you. Yet, I wasn't fine. I was tired. I was weak, confused, angry, in pain, scared, witless, and terrified constantly. Every morning I woke up and the grief I couldn't explain overwhelmed me. My heart ached almost every day. I was not fine. <laughs> and I hated myself more for it because I was the one who was supposed to be fine. You know, I don't know if that makes sense. I felt like I was the one who was supposed to be fine all the time. The one who was strong and didn't allow anything to get to him. <laughs> like my friend said, uh, when I spoke with him recently, he, he said he thought I had really tough skin, you know, because I seemed like I didn't let things get to me. <sighs> if only <laughs> people were expecting, you know, and trusting me to be that image, that representation of strength. And I was failing, right? Terribly failing. To me, I was betraying their trust and that's something I never ever want to be doing. Now, I'm not blaming those who said those words. Let's get it straight. This is not to make anyone feel bad or make anyone out to be the bad guy. It is all just a messy situation to be honest. I couldn't and probably still can't explain the sadness that burdened my very soul. There was no way for me to clarify what kind of tired I was. I honestly couldn't imagine myself confiding in anyone that I had no desire to be here anymore. I wasn't looking to delete myself, you know, but what I desired was something akin to a system formatting, you know, for Thanos to snap his fingers and have his gauntlets erase my existence. The idea of having never existed is uh, a very appealing one to me. Pause. Take a deep breath. Breathe out. Feeling thirsty? Go and grab a glass of water. It's fine. You can pause. I'll wait. Done? Okay. Let's continue. It has been said. Time heals all wounds. I do not agree. The wounds remain. In time, the mind protecting the sanity covers them with scars and the pain lessens. But it, the wound, is never gone. Words by Rose Fitzgerald Kennedy Sometime this year, I lost a friend of mine. His death is a bit complicated, but it does bear elements of suicide. He had the same name as me, uh, was of the same age, and liked the same things. That is, for the most of it. So, the news of his death was the worst thing for my fragile mind at the moment. And here's the thing. For a moment, for just a couple of seconds, 
What registered in my head was not that my friend had essentially killed himself, but that Daniel had killed himself. In a moment of mental fatigue, I couldn't differentiate and separate the identity of myself and him. For all but mere seconds, I had died, and by my own hand. And it was comforting. <laughs> then it was terrifying. The thought that I had assumed the death of my friend as mine, and that I had accepted and approved of the idea that I took myself out of this world, gave me such grief. I cried myself to sleep that night and every other night for the next two weeks after that. There were moments where I was genuinely happy though, you know, it wasn't all sad and gloom, you know. There were real moments of just bliss, moments that sometimes got interrupted with the occasional sudden ache in my heart, you know, a sudden tightening in my chest. Sometimes the pain would be so sharp that, at one point, I thought I was having a heart attack. During this time period so far, there were moments where I thought God was playing a goddamn cruel joke on me because, <laughs> ooh, I was seeing Shege. In fact, no, Shege was waking up every day and deciding to see me. <laughs> Shege must be see. I thought I was the butt of some kind of joke, you know, a parody of a character in some divine comedy. I didn't always think like this, but you know, the thoughts saw a spotlight once in a while. Anyway, to cope, I buried myself in work, you know, work mattered to me more than anything, more than eating self, because a lot of times, for countless hours, I would starve myself and simply say, I'll eat when I'm done. I would not move to make myself food, make myself a meal, or to eat something that was already prepared, you know, until I would literally feel deep pains in my belly, accompanied by a terrible, terrible headache. Or... The only other re reason I would, you know, get up to do any of that very quickly is if I knew there was someone who would notice that I wasn't eating and would worry. But anyways, work was my escape, work was my refuge, and it was my mask. So you can imagine how much turmoil and chaos was introduced into my life when I lost my job. Now, there are circumstances surrounding that particular event that I'm unwilling to get into, but the major cuckoo is that I lost my job and I came crashing down. The structure that work gave me was lost, you know. I couldn't get myself to do anything meaningful or want to do anything meaningful. To be honest, I couldn't be bothered. At that moment, my gradual isolation from the world was sped up. I stopped talking to some people and I stopped caring for some people. I can imagine how that abandonment would have been painful for them but guys please understand. I was at a point where I couldn't see past myself. You know, I would I would attempt to pray sometimes and just end up a puddle of messy tears and silent sobs and then I would go out <laughs> and be all smiles while dying inside, you know. 
I tried to distract myself, so I would lie awake reading the 1000 chapter of a light novel that I barely remember the last chapters. Light novels didn't matter, you know. I didn't need to pay attention to the words beyond the moments they were being read, so doing that was easy compared to other things I had to do, you know. In essence, apathy became my default, you know. During this time, I came to understand why people took drugs or why people look to drugs, alcohol, sex and all those sort of things for comfort, you know, even to the point of addiction. Because what else is there for them? This reminds me of a line from Nora Vincent's book, Self-Made Man, particularly the first chapter. And it's, no, was it the first chapter or the second chapter? I think second chapter, I can't remember. But it's such a good book, I recommend that you pick it up, you know. Yeah. Anyway, there's a paragraph in the book where she talked about the men gathering and drinking and smoking and, you know, all that self-damaging activity. Beer and cigarettes were their medicine, their primrose path to an early grave which was about the best aside from sex and a few good times with the guys that they could hope for in life. The idea of telling one of these guys that smoking or drinking to excess was bad for their health was too ridiculously middle class to entertain. It bespoke a supreme ignorance of what their lives were really like. The idea that you could try to prolong your grueling, dead-dead life and do it by taking away the pleasures you had along the way was just insulting. Words by Nora Vincent from her book Self-Made Man. And insulting truly was, you know, the notion of preserving oneself through so much pain and grief for the chance that things might get better was utterly oppressive. To tell someone to manage their pain, to fight and overcome it, to run away from the relief of weed, alcohol, and all those kind of stuff just seemed cruel. You are telling me to feel every single moment of this grief, of this pain, sober. <laughs> Why? Kilo day. For some future hope that might not come. Hmm. The entire notion seemed nonsensical at best, you know, insulting and diabolically wicked at most. Yet the unimpressive truth is that living the pain, feeling every part of it, and addressing it in a healthy way is the actual path to healing. As my sufferings mounted, I soon realized that there were two ways in which I could respond to my situation. Either to react with bitterness or seek to transform the suffering into a creative force. I decided to follow the latter course. Words by Martin Luther King Jr. <laughs> oh God. Mm-hmm. 
So after months of unemployment and job hunting, skill gathering and etc etc etc, I finally got a job. <laughs> Yay, progress, Abby. <laughs> well, I quit after two weeks. <laughs> Okay, to be honest, I knew from the start I couldn't do the job, but I took it anyway. And in those two weeks, I worked my ass off. I really did do my best, if you can believe it, you know. But by the end of the first week, I had a panic attack, and at the end of the second, I just up and left during work hours. I say quit, but I still haven't turned in my letter of resignation. I know that's a very irresponsible way to go about all of it, but <laughs> to be honest, quitting felt good. <laughs> and to be honest, it was the best choice I had made in a while. Or at least I would like to think it is, you know, time will tell. But one thing I am sure of is I was rushing. I haven't been one to have much in the way of ambition, you know. I don't really want for much in the way of having things, so I don't desire to get something huge or to plan on my life in some particular way. I've just always sought to live and enjoy living. But here I was rushing to be or do only God knows what. I had become contaminated with the wishes and expectations of those around me, even though their wishes and expectations are mostly well intended. I had allowed myself to believe that the work I did was belittling for somebody of my level, whatever that means, or insignificant enough because it didn't earn me a lot of money, you know. I started to think, is this where and what I'm supposed to be doing by now, eh? Oluwa, God, Eleda, am I not supposed to be more than this? You know, I started having a lot more of those thoughts. And sometimes they were mostly motivated by how much people constantly questioned about me about the fact that, oh, you're still at your teaching, teaching job? You know, is that what you're doing? Is that what you really want to be doing? You know, like, you know, that kind of thing. I have come to realize how I contributed to my own pain and suffering. The act of acknowledging myself as an active actor to my circumstances did not necessarily liberate me, but it kind of empowered me in a sense. In my desire to not burden others, I have carried burdens that I didn't have to bear or at least bear alone. Because here's the thing, let's be honest. You know, me and you, me to you, P to P, you know, truth to truth. I've never truly been one for relying on others, you know. If you give us group work now, if within the first 5 to 25 minutes, I've judged whether y'all are going to be useful group members. If y'all not going to be useful, I'm doing the entire project on my own. My final project, I basically did the entire thing on my own. And we were three in that group. Yes. Yes, Kenny, I was the name of that other tall guy. I am still bitter over it. Yes, I was I'm bitter over it. Nonsense. <laughs> Where was I? <laughs> I'm not one for relying on others, you know, because now when I say rely on others, you know, I mean mostly in the emotional sense, you know, 
the few times I try to rely emotionally on others, I have been betrayed in so many ways. Some very creative and entertaining if I do say so myself. Right now, I am not alright. I am not fine. But I am not doing badly. At least not anymore. Despite being jobless and still having some worries, whisper sweet destruction in my ear, I kind of feel lighter because I accepted a major fact about my current existence. Which is this. I am a mess. I have been a mess. Will probably be one for a while. So, you know, until I am no longer a mess, I will do my best to make the best presentation of mess. You feel me? That's too long to put on a shirt, but you know, we can we can do something about it. Somebody do something about it. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly do not know how exactly I can make myself better. How I can overcome the struggles and pains that currently beset my life. But one thing I do know is that I will acknowledge when I am strong and wholeheartedly experience my moments of pain and vulnerability. You know, I will slowly but, you know, surely get back on my feet. Even if the world leaves me by like the world goes far ahead of me, as I slowly rise back up, I will not be vexed. Because my life is mine and my life is now and it always will be now. I will slowly recover the love I had for my life and the things surrounding it. That might require you to bear more inconsistencies with the podcast though, you know. But if you're unable to wait, you know, and bear with me throughout this healing of process and you choose to move on, I will not be vexed, you know, no hard feelings. I cannot possibly ask for the world to wait for me, so I won't even try to ask for the world to wait for me. But neither will I try to catch up with the world, you know, both of us will go there our own lane. If in mediocrity I will find my peace, then that is where I shall be, dwelling peacefully as I watch the world strive for whatever the hell it chooses to seek. Time most likely won't heal my wounds or erase the scars sewn across my heart. But I believe time will bring me joys and experiences that I will cherish, yeah. And for all that, I am, and I will be, grateful. Because even mediocrity is where I will find my peace, then there shall I be, dwelling peacefully as I watch the world strive for whatever it chooses to seek. Thank you so much for listening to me. Basically, just whine about how how horrible my life is and all that. I promise I am doing better. I'm not good yet. Not fine, but better. Now I smile and I feel the genuineness behind the smile. And I hope and pray for everyone out there, including you. I pray for strength. I pray. I pray for health. 
and comforts and above all i pray for your inner peace to be a reality don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't uh, if you're listening on audio mark do leave a comment and like for god's sakes i go there you know wanting to read your comments but i don't find them let me let me hear your thoughts let me read your thoughts tell them to me in the comments on audio mark for all my apple and spotify brethren stop keeping those ratings away from me yeah you rating the podcast on those platforms apple and spotify as you listen to the podcast on them please rate on those platforms because you rating on those platforms will help my mental health and you just listen to an entire tirade of me talking about how shitty my mental health has been recently do you want to contribute to its you know further form of shittiness really wow okay Ugh, i didn't know we woke up and chose violence Ugh. great <laughs> but yeah don't forget to subscribe if you haven't don't forget to share with your friends and families and Thank you for listening. I bid you a lovely farewell. Volatile Times with Daniel is hosted and produced by Daniel Briggs Adisa and is distributed via Anchor.fm. The intro music that was used is Ohio by Smith the Meister and The outro music is A New Year by Scott Buckley. Every other song used in the background are listed in the show notes of this episode. Please do not forget to subscribe. Do not forget to give the podcast a rating. Do not forget to follow on social media. Twitter is where I am most active and that is at Daniel Briggs. But there's also Instagram which is at Volatile with Daniel. Do well to follow me on any of the social media platforms. And again, do not forget to share. Share these episodes with your friends. That's the least you can do for this premium content. Love you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening.